All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast. I'm Weston. With me as always, my right-hand man, Lou. All right, bringing out something different this week. Lou, we are here to recap the weeks, uh, week six of the 2022 NFL season. After, unfortunately, having to take a week off, I really dislike when life slash work gets in the way of our mission here just, at We're Talking Football. Just let's lie to the listeners. We were on a bye last week, guys. We, right? Yeah, that was our bye week. You know, that was our it, bye week. It, the, that's how the schedule was. We didn't like that we had an early bye. So, uh, but you know, you got to deal with the cards that you're dealt with. So I prefer like week 12, week 13, rest up, get some injuries and make that final push, but that's the way it goes. But I'm really glad that we kicked off tonight because prior to us logging in, we were having some, some heavy conversation, uh, just about life and in general. So let's lighten the mood a little bit for us as we head into the late evening here as we're recording. But before we do that, Lou, let's take the moment to remind our listeners that tonight's episode is brought to you by Primetime Sports Talk, your top source for all major sports content, including DFS, fantasy advice, and great betting tips. Be sure to head to primetimesportstalk.com to check out their in-depth analysis, exclusive content, fascinating interviews, and explore the rest of their amazing podcast family. Again, primetimesportstalk.com your go-to spot for sports content. And Lou, while we're on the subject, where can everybody find us? You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WTF Pod NFL. And on the YouTube? We're talking football. Speaking of the YouTube, hit like, hit subscribe. But Lou, I know we were on a bye week last week, but I was actually in California doing some work. And I had a couple people that I haven't seen in quite some time that are aware that we do this podcast come up to me and ask me, how podcasting life was going and i immediately accused them of being non-followers and if they were curious how it was going to go ahead and you know what they all said to me they're like are you on spotify are you on spotify are you on spotify and the answer is yes to that question but the reality was like i was like nah guy i need you to go to youtube <laughs> i need you to go hit that like we're trying to retire in two and, years and, <laughs> and i need you to hit that subscribe and they're like well i listen to my podcast uh on spotify and i'm like well who am i to who am I to argue with uh, an additional follower too? Funny thing is three of the four people I had this conversation with are Las Vegas Raider fans. So take that for what it's worth. Cause they're all, they're originally all from California and they're all originally from the Bay and some of them from Oakland. Right. So where that well, stems from. Well then let me as a charger fan, give them a nice warm welcome and say, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> And unsubscribe just <laughs> happened. I mean that in the nicest way possible, though, guys. Uh, yeah, I love it. Love it. So, Lou, obviously, last uh, our last recording, we introduced a new flavor here where we're talking about some some hot topic type issues, and then we'll slide into those those hometown takes. I'm sure you got a lot to say about your Monday night football game. I probably have less to say about our Sunday afternoon game. But I'm going to pose the first question to you if you're comfortable diving right in. Let's do it. So, you know, listeners, you know where we're from. We are New Jersey uh, bred individuals. We have a keen ear to the New York football giants and the New York Jets. So, Lou, I'm just going to come out and ask you, are the Giants and Jets for real? Well, I'm going to answer your question with another question. What do you mean by for real? Are they contenders? Are they are they playoff bound? Do do we So what do you what do you mean by for real? 
all of the above, right? I, I'm I'm thinking so when this question came about and and we toyed with tossing this around, I have some short-term thoughts on this, and then I have some long-term thoughts on this. So okay. right, do so with that as you choose. All right, I'm going to start with the Giants. And I get why this is a popular question because both teams are tied for second in the division and both are winning games in which they're candidly underdogs in. So uh, I understand why there's a lot of hype. And both teams have been dreadful over the last five to seven years um, when it comes from a record standpoint. So I, I totally get now that they're winning, everyone wants to know they're back. So let's, you know, let's talk about the Giants first and foremost. They are 5-1. and one. Let's look at the teams who they beat. A medi- mediocre Tennessee Titans team. And I know you can say, well, Tennessee Titans are 3-2. and two. I don't care. I didn't think they were a good team going into the this year. I had them missing the playoffs, the Titans. So I still don't hold stock into that. They've also beaten an awful Panthers team, an awful Bears team. They've beaten a shockingly mediocre Packers team. And the Ravens, that was a good win, right? So those are the teams they've been beaten, right? And if you look at their team from a talent standpoint for the New York Giants, I just don't see it there. I know they're winning, and they're winning because you know because of coaching. Coaching, we've always said, is one of the best, you know, is one of the best predictors when it comes to you know winning an NFL game. If you have a good coach, there's a good chance you're going, you know, even if you have lesser talent than your than your competition, you have a good chance of winning that game. And they do have a fantastic coach. I love where they are from a coaching standpoint. But from a talent standpoint, I don't believe so. And it all stems from a, the quarterback position. And I get it. Uh, you know, they they don't they don't have a quarterback that's going to help them draw, you know, from a long-term standpoint or talent for, all around that quarterback to actually propel them into a conversation and being serious contenders. So that is an issue. Now, though, from a short-term perspective, they have a really good chance of making the playoffs this year. They have seven winnable games coming up against Jacksonville, against Houston, Detroit, Washington twice, and the Colts. So, yeah, they could make the playoffs this year, but I feel like they'll go out quick. And I just don't – I because of quarterback play, I don't see them really being a serious contender uh, – for for uh, the Super Bowl this year, okay. So that's the Giants. That's the Giants. Go. Do you mind if I stay here for a minute? Yeah. And then yeah. Then we, yeah. Then we'll yeah. Go to the Giants. So when I think of the Giants, I think like, hey, listen, we talk about it all the time. You can only beat who's on your schedule, right? They didn't make the schedule, so like, hey, they're they're winning the football games. I agree with you in terms of the lack of quote unquote like superstar talent outside of like every team has at least one or two. That's just the way the NFL is brought up. And I think a lot of their bigger names are young individuals right now that will be even bigger names in due time. I think I referenced this on the last time we recorded, but when I was in, when I went to the Monday night football game, uh, Cowboys versus Giants at Giants stadium, they introduced the defense and I looked at my brother and dude, we follow football avidly, right? Like all teams, like we know players, we know people and they're announcing these names coming out of tunnel. And I'm looking at my brother like, who? Like, like literally like who, like, I have no idea. It like no idea. So here's, so, so my short-term long-term take on, on the giants right now is let me summarize this. Yeah. I think they're for real, 
but let me let me clarify what that means. They're for real, like they're going to be a problem to deal with for years to come, in my opinion. I do think okay. I do think that there's a a very strong likelihood that this like hot streak and how they're playing right now, like comes back to reality. Like it does. I do. But here's why I, I feel like long term they're set up the way that they need to be, specifically the New York football giants, is when Brian Dable was interviewing for this job or any other job he was in he was interviewing for, he wasn't selling New York ownership on we're going to be in the playoffs year one. He wasn't the dude. This happens all the time. Like new leaders, new regime, you cut dead weight, you get rid of people like, yeah, you still got a field of 53, you know, like, so you're doing what you can, but like, think about like, I mean, what he's done with like the Kenny Galladay situation. Oh, you're not good. You don't play. You don't, you don't fit what we're doing here. Like, I don't care what we pay you. Cause I didn't agree to that contract. Like, See you later, dude. This is your last year in New York. Like you are dead weight. And and the players are buying in now, right? Like and 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 I'll talk about how this is different when we get to the other New York football team, New York City football team. But like the fact that they're buying in right now and six games into the season they are 5 and 1 and have won a couple games that candidly like no business winning. And they've been doing it with like mounting like second half comebacks and things of that nature. To me, that just means they believe in the leader. And I don't, there's nothing that I know about Brian Dable that says like that act will wear thin quick, right? Like I just feel like it's now having that coach and seeing how this team's going to compete all of a sudden, I mean, dude, I, I want to say for the last few years, free agents and certain people, unless you were paying them top dollar, we're avoiding New York, like the plague, right? Like we know what the media scrutiny is. We know what it, what it entails. And like, and you're not good. Like you're not contending, but I feel like a player or two in certain positions. I mean, obviously the quarterback's the most, like I just, there's just a part of me that feels like, the New York Giants are going to be a problem as they as this Dable thing continues to pick up steam. And I would caution New York Giant fans that, like, I'll be dead honest with you. I don't even know how to say this. The Giants can lose the rest of every single game remaining on their schedule right now, and I would still tell you that Brian Dable is coach of the year. That's what he's doing right there and creating a totally different mentality. And I would argue – I'm not going to do the Tom Coughlin. I'm not going to make a Tom Coughlin comparison because he ran a culture. He was a little bit more militant, but I also think he had like, they were teams that like just got hot at the right time, right? Like the teams that won the Super Bowl under Coughlin, they didn't like win the East and dominate. They were wild card teams that came in and just were playing good football at the right time. And we see that time and time again. But what I'm seeing from Dable almost feels like the Bill Parcells era, just a different mentality. So you know how much high esteem I hold Brian Dable. Um, when the Chargers were looking for a coach, he was my one, one A, one B. Uh, Staley was my two. Um, so I'm a huge fan of Brian Dable. And I've, from our previous shows, we've talked about, hey, Giants fans, you're not going to want to be looking in the wins and loss columns this year, this year because that's not where – you don't have the talent. 
to they compete. Don't. They don't, dude. So they they really don't have the the talent to be considered uh, contenders, in my opinion. However, he what he has done and has molded, you know, to his ta- that he's molded a philosophy to the talent around him, like what Dable has done. Think about it. Dable came from the Buffalo Bills. He was a mad genius with Josh Allen in the passing game. The Giants are awful from a passing standpoint, but they leave the they're like in the top four in rushing yards. So like he is he, he's he's playing to his strengths. Uh, so that that is you know nice to see. And the reason why I say uh, they're not contenders uh, f- for this year is all right. The Steelers made the playoffs last year, right? And they backed their they 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 backed backed into the playoffs last year. Did anyone really think the Steelers were going to go anywhere? No. So, yeah, the Giants, with that schedule coming up, <clears throat> they could make the playoffs. I don't really expect them to go anywhere. And we want to talk from a long-term standpoint that, yes, they have the coach. Now they got to go get the talent. That's a completely different thing if they want to be serious contenders. So yeah. they have to shed themselves of bad contracts. We're looking at you, Kenny Galladay. And you have to get new fresh blood in here that's gonna that's really gonna propel them. It's not gonna be easy because in my opinion, I don't think they have the answer at quarterback either. So they have no. a lot, they have a lot of heavy lifting, and that GM has a lot of heavy lifting to match the talent with with how great Dable is. All right, so let's put it this way, dude. Because I agree on all accounts to be serious. My brother. He cheers for his Giants the same way I cheer for my 49ers, right? Like, we are savage fans. Never in his wildest imagination did he come into this year expecting six games in to be five and one. And that's being done, as we're both proclaiming, while they are void of talent, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, and they still might make the playoffs, right? Like, that's a win all day long and you know what that breeds is like everybody dude these players all see it they all talk right it's like oh my god like look what that guy just did with that team and look at these players on these teams i could slide right in be a one i could slide right in be immediate contributor yada 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 like dude we're we're overlooking the fact well, you mentioned it, so I appreciate this because I, I say it all the time, too, that, like, this is the sport where coaching matters. And coaching is not just the head coach, right? There's – I don't even know the number, but usually 25 to 30-plus other coaches that are walking that sideline on, on any given game day, right? And they all need to buy in and subscribe to what you're selling as well. Why do you think – bro, go back and look at the dynasty that is the New England Patriots, and point to me, outside of everybody wants to call the goat. I'll argue that all day long. I know the record speaks for itself. Like, where did they have superstars? Where, like, where where did they have superstars that went to other teams and were superstars? You want to? They just they fit the winning formula. And Dable feels like this guy that like. And I know this is early in a small sample size where he's the he's the head of you know the dragon essentially, but like it, 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 all it takes is belief. We talk about all time, dude. These are the upper echelon, even the dudes on practice squads, the upper echelon of athleticism in the entire world. These individuals, the difference between a superstar and a run of the mill professional NFL player 
tends to be coaching and situation, right? And you can make those like one thing. And he just kind of feels like this guy that can like put the right people in the right situation. And you know what? Bill Belichick went on a 20 year run doing that. The right people, the right. So dude, you watch all the Tom Brady documentaries. Everybody watches them, even though you hate them. Right. Like as you, you watch it and you just talk about how like people came and we didn't even have to explain to them that they had to work. They just knew, right? Like, look at Antonio Brown's short tenure with the New England Patriots when he was going through all of his turmoil. You didn't hear shit when he was a New England Patriot. Albeit, it was only for a few weeks. Still didn't hear shit. Like, you still didn't hear nothing. Like, you walk through these doors. This is the way we do it. You're not you, – you are here to compete for championships. And I think that's – honestly, like, I know it's six games in, but to me that's the culture that Dable's trying to create. And when you're five and one with a team that is completely void of talent, I don't care who they played on their schedule. Guess what? Other teams in the NFL have lost to those teams. My team has lost to the Chicago Bears. Like they're they're winning football games, man. And that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, no. And what I'll say, and then we can then transition to the Jets if you want. Uh, what I'll yeah. say this: Are they serious contenders? No, they're not. Right? But are they in the interest? They're not in 2022. Yeah. Are uh, you're stealing the words? I'm. Mean, are they? In the infancy stages of being a contender, yes, because they got the guy for a head coach. Now they just need, you know, need to get that talent. And also, I'm a firm believer. Look around in that NFC. You have an agent Tom Brady. He's out soon. You have an agent Aaron Rodgers. He's out. You got Kirk Cousins. You know, Minnesota Vikings. There's not as much competition in the NFC, in my opinion. I know you got the Eagles, yeah. young. You know, when I mean that, my this is how I hold the standard. Do you have a young signal caller that can propel you into, you know, that can win this shootout? I know that's not just the the the, the be all, add all, whatever type, you know, type of thing. But look at who wins the Super Bowls nine times yeah. out of ten, and there are exceptions to the rules and the outliers. I get, but it's a superstar quarterback. All right, so I get yep. the Nick Foles, I get the Trent Dilfers. You know, I get the Eli Mannings. See what I did there? Called him a bad quarterback because he is because he had a 500 winning record and only just got hot in the playoffs. And Eli Manning is not a good quarterback, but you oh you need to have a good quarterback to, to for the playoffs. You can get to the playoffs with oh. a mediocre quarterback, but how much noise are you really going to make to substantiate it? But I would say at the end of this day, to be like, are you a are you for real? Like, are you legit or a contender? Is like just consistently get to the playoffs. We've seen once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen, right? Yeah. You know, but we've also seen teams, a lot of the Cincinnati Bengals, who routinely made it to the playoffs and would be ousted in in week one. But like, hey, let's not let's not totally discard what they did for 16 weeks prior to, to even get to that, right? Like yeah. at, at the end of the day, there's 16 teams in each conference up until – Last year, only yeah. six of those teams made it, right? So there was 10 teams that went home and every 20 NFL teams that went home every year, right? Like early. So there's there's something to be said for that. But like, I don't know, man. I, I mean, Dable, like if I was voting right, like coach of the year, like no, without hesitation, he's the he's the head coach of the year right now. All right. So what tell about me the, more about the Jets. What about, okay. So the Jets four and two, once again, um, see, it's interesting. The Jets have more talent and more exciting talent because they did a great job stockpiling picks and what have you. So I feel like they're starting to have a good young nucleus. But I'm I'm just going to repeat what I said with the Giants. 
do they have that signal caller under you know under center to propel them? I don't think they're real contenders either. And looking at their schedule, you know, they have a couple of five winnable games. They got the Broncos, maybe one of the Patriots games. You got Chicago, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. Those are winnable games. Their issue is the fact that they play in a brutal AFC. You know, you got the Bills. Now you got, you know, you got the Dolphins uh, with Tua coming back, right? You know, you you, you got the, the Chiefs. You got the um, <clears throat> Ravens, Bengals. Those are talented teams. I just feel like they're a year too early. from a t- But they, they add a little more talent on that team. I think, you know, next year, I think they'll miss the playoffs this year, but I think next year and the years after, I think that's when you start seeing them moving more up and up to that wild card stamp, you know, uh, that that uh, standpoint there. Uh, but if you once again, just look at who they beat. They beat the Brissett-led Browns, the Trubisky-led Steelers, the Dolphins in their third-string quarterbacks, and the, the Packers again. So I still need to see more, and I still need to see more from Zach Wilson because, like Daniel Jones, I don't, I don't know what Zach Wilson is. I mean, he's throwing like 17 times a game. Yeah, um, it's tough for me, dude, because he – all right. This one's a little harder harder for me to gauge. Like, I, I you know how I feel about Robert Sala, dude. I, I, I love this man to death, and I think he is, is definitely head coach material in the NFL. And as much as I want to see him succeed, I almost want to see him fail just as quickly because I know as long as Kyle Shanahan's the head coach in 49ers world, if he was to be fired from this job and D'Amico Ryans will definitely be moving on in the offseason, I'd love to welcome Robert Sala back as our defensive coordinator, right? Like that would probably happen overnight. I do think – I agree with you. I think the New York Jets are more talented. I think they have a – tougher road ahead of them being that the AFC just seems to be talent wise, like head and shoulders above the, the NFC right now. And more importantly, like the Buffalo bills are in that division. They're going to be formidable for a long time. Right. Think like, about it. You have to as... play the bills twice. Yeah. If, if Mike McDaniel is the coach who we think, you know, he could be, that's another, you have to pay. It's tough sliding, that. dude. Yeah. It's tough. That, sliding. That, that's going to be a brutal division for them. But what I do like is that I honestly thought this Sala thing would take a little bit longer, right? I mean, in theory, you're what in year two of it right now. Is it two? Uh, 21, 22. Yeah, right. Like, uh, somebody that thought it was year three. Let me let me let me see this. All right, where's our fact? Where's our fact checker? Holding his defense coordinated position with the Niners from 2017 to 2020. Following the 2020 season, he left. Okay. So 21 and 22. Yeah. So year two of this, I honestly thought it was three years too um, until I like really started thinking about it. But you're two years in. Um, you still got draft capital ahead of you. Um, you you had a lot of draft capital this year, so it's like time to see like what some of these guys can do. And hey, look 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 at the year Brees Hall's having so far, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's looking like the the right pick. So, Sauce Gardner. Same, Sauce. Same thing. Yeah. You know. Um. We haven't even got into the. Wilson or what's the kid from Florida state um, Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. Like, like those guys are going to take time. Same with the giants, right? Like Thibodeau is he's uh, Ojolari. Like 
they're still going to take time, right? They were raw, but they were talented. So I don't know. I, I, I do think, listen, I think the Jets are trending up. I'm not as bullish on them as I am the New York Giants. Um, and, and that might just be the difference between Dable and Sala. Um, but I agree. Like, I don't think they have the, I don't think they have the QB solidified. I don't know if Zach Wilson's the guy. Um, year, I usually wait till like year three to make that judgment on these rookie young quarterbacks. They've had enough time to, to learn. They all can't be Justin Herbert and just be thrown in week two and fucking catapult into superstardom out of there. That, that very rarely actually happens. But I think what makes them less of a perennial contender is just their division and what they have to go through. Yeah. It's, like, that's a lot of talent that look, they have look, to overcome. Look at, look at all those quarterbacks, you know, in the AFC conference. They're all, like, under 25 years old. You know? Yeah. 26, 25. And that's the issue. But that you know what, is though? the issue. If, like – if I was a New York Jet fan, I'd be excited because I at least feel like I can go compete now, right? Like, I feel like I can be in a game. Like, how many games have they watched year over year over year where it's just like you're rolling in and you're like, we're going to get smoked, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like they just knew it, you know? And I, I do think they are putting a product on the field that is exciting and I think this has been exasperated by like the fact that they went into Lambeau Field, man. They went into Lambeau. They went into Lambeau and won a game. Like, I don't care what the Packers are. And we'll talk about that later in the show. Like, probably. they still went into Lambeau and handled their business and probably and honestly handled it pretty decisively. Yeah. So that's my thing. Yeah, for me, my standard is you can have a group, you know, a great team, but if you don't have that quarterback. I have trouble seeing you as a serious contender. And what I, my definition of a serious contender is this can you make noise in the playoffs? And seldom does a team with a mediocre quarterback can make noise in the playoffs. Bro, most important position in all of professional sports. And there's a reason why there's only really like five of them that exist, even in the profession, you know, that are, are, that can rock the boat that way. So, all right. So one more next, hot topic. Yeah, one more. One more. Is my V-neck shirt too low? Is it too much of a V? No, that's not the V. <laughs> well, okay, dude, I'm, not seeing kind of, kind of straight, I'm not seeing straight chest hair right now, so I think we're okay. I haven't seen any nippleage. I got the ch- got the chop meat uh, hanging out. Looking no, real all, Miami. Uh, <laughs> all right, all can side. All right. <clears throat> This this offseason was all about the quarterbacks, you know, who going who was going where, who was doing what, who was staying, who was retiring, who was coming out of retiring. But I want to focus on two quarterbacks in particular, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Did Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady make a mistake coming back this year? Yes. Uh, it's a short, it's a short answer for me and it's yes. And I know it's early in the season both and of them. I know I can both like, of them. So you think yeah, both made a mistake, both of them. And I know it's early in the season and I know these guys have certainly have the talent and the resume to quickly prove me wrong. I'll start with Rogers actually. And I'll start with Rogers because I think what we're seeing, like what actually what perplexes me the most about Rogers is like, 
this was like highly debated, right? Like I remember when I came back from that Lambeau game, right? The 49ers versus um, Packers in the playoffs. When we did our show to recap that weekend, divisional round weekend, you were like, did we see the last of Aaron Rodgers as the Green, ba- Green Bay's quarterback? And I said, yes. I mean, dude, I listened to radio the entire way home, right? A 17-hour drive home. Um, and specifically after that game where, I mean, Packer fans were calling in and slaughtering this man, slaughtering this man. Like, it's just time. Like, we love you. We appreciate you. It's just time. This thing's not going anywhere. Compounded by Devontae leaving. It just didn't make a lot of, like, and and the rumor was he knew Devontae was leaving. What Well before he signed his, like, restructure contract and did all that, he knew Devontae wanted out. And I, and I get, like, when you get to a superstar level like that, like, there's definitely an ego that goes with it. But in reality, like, what are we trying to – what are we trying to prove here? Like, Well, well, I'm going to interject. If you're, if you're, if, hold on, but if you're – I want to interject here. But I feel like I understand how amazing Devontae is. But Rodgers has made quarterbacks – I mean, uh, wide receivers that have not been on the radar. He made them into superstars. Look, Jordy Nelson. Did you know Jordy Nelson out of Kansas State? No. What about Randall Cobb, a third-round pick? So he's 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 made the skill position players around him better. So he probably thought, "I'll just do it again." No, I did know Jordy Nelson because I think in his senior year he had like 134 receptions out of Kansas State. So yeah. I I pay attention to those things. But I agree with you, right? Like I think Tom Brady's done this forever as well, right? Like who knew who Dion Branch was? Like mm-hmm. Wes Welker and. And Julian Edelman. Edelman, like those guys don't go elsewhere and become like superstars, right? Like they fit a scheme, they fit that sort of stuff. But like for me, the Rodgers thing is just like perplexing because they've been struggling so long to get over the hump. And then there was nothing about this team that said to me, you're going to get over the hump. So and and dude, these guys aren't spring chickens anymore, right? So like I thought if I was Rodgers, like hang it up, roll in. And now I think all this thing, let's say this year continues the way that it continues. Right. And let's say the Packers eke their way into the playoffs or might even miss the playoffs. Right. That's a possibility as well. I don't think the, I think they're playing for wild card now. I don't think they're playing for division anymore. If that becomes the case, does Aaron hang it up at the end of the year? Does he, does he stay another year to like not go out on that? that note you know no he'll he'll do what his predecessor before him did and really you know drag this shit out and flirt with the idea of retiring come yeah i want to feel special so please beg me to come back type shit but yeah. i disagree with you i think for roger's standpoint they brought back the majority of the team they didn't really lose much talent they've added to the team too from a defensive schematic standpoint right so i get it and here, here we are, you know, you're thinking that Rodgers will just make the, the the players around him better. He's getting Robert Tunyon back. Um, <clears throat> Christian Watson was a highly, you know, recruited uh, – he was a highly touted, uh, you know, draft prospect. So I get, you know, why Rodgers came back. And I agree he should have come back to a weak NFC. Um, yeah, so Rod, Rodgers still has it in my opinion. And – he still he still has the talent for some reason though 
it's not clicking and it's not all on his uh, receivers either. It's also on him. There's just such a disconnect there. It could be just that his head's not in it. I don't know, to be honest with you. But from a standpoint, I thought he should have, you know, it was, it was, he should have came back. Yes. Listen, don't get me wrong. I still take a 37, 38 year old Aaron Rodgers over 90% of the quarterbacks in the league, right? Like, but the last point you just made, and we don't know, we're speculating about maybe his mind's not in it. Like, if your mind's not in it, like, why are you here? To me, that's like you. Well, money. Welcome. Like, money, you've accomplished yeah, money. Like, he doesn't need the all money. Right. Ego, too. And thinking that, like, yeah, I can, I can, I can still. I, yeah, I can still do this even if I'm not, like, all yep. in type shit. Well, well, and that brings me to Tom Brady, right? Like, Tom Brady made a promise to publicly that he wanted to play until he was 45. And that's exactly what he's doing. I argued that, like. Tom Brady missed the boat with an opportunity to literally ride into the sunset, retiring after winning the Super Bowl in the stadium that his team plays it on every Sunday. Like yeah, that, was, pre- that was that was that was the Brady, Hollywood moment. They yeah, Brady, yeah. That. Brady proved the fact that hey, I can win without Belichick. Now, if we're talking Tom Brady right now, if we're transitioning to Tom Brady, he made a mistake because a he did retire, right? Yeah. So it's not like, you know, he did it with, with what Rodgers did. So, A, he did retire. And, B, he was coming back to a team with a different head coach. Yeah. So that – that those two factors for me, what are you doing, Tom? Why? Why, why are yeah. you doing – you know, why are you doing this? I'm not, You know, as me, I've said this before with, when it came to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like, what's wrong with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? What have I said the last three weeks? It's coaching. I'm sorry, Todd Bowles is not him. He's not it. You know, Bruce Arians is is a fantastic head coach. Doesn't get him enough respect uh, for the coaching job he he has done. But for Tom Brady to come back to a completely new head coach and after a month after he retired, he just looks foolish. And everything he's going through and all the remarks now he's making, this is like going – you know, going to war right now or, so, or something like this is like a second like uh, deployment in the military like it's, it's like awful he 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 looks like miserable and he made a mistake coming back in my opinion I, I i agree and this is like listen this happens to a lot of people professional athletes other things where you just hold on just a little too long and i think ego drives that i mean listen do i think still think tom brady's got talent yeah i think he's got talent like, do I think Tom Brady still outworks probably everybody around him? Yeah. Like, that's he's Tom Brady. Like, I, I don't doubt any of those things. I just it it's it's just not the timing's wrong, the team's wrong, like everything's wrong. Um, and I just think he should have stuck with his gut and hung it up and yeah. moved on and walked into the sunset as the goat. Now, good news for him is he has such a body of work that, like, a lot of this will be forgotten. But, like, it will be talked about one day, right, where it's like, remember that one year when Tom Brady came back? Like, nobody talks about that, like, O.J. Simpson, once upon a time, was a San Francisco 49er. You don't Johnny, remember those Johnny Unitas Johnny Unitas was a, uh, a Charger. Yeah, uh, you, like, you had Joe Namath. I think he was a Ram. Like, yeah, yeah like, exactly. Nobody talks about these things, right, because, like, they weren't. They weren't good things on uh, on their resume when all is said and done. So that, yeah. that's just my two cents. I think they're both uh, – Brady should have called it quits after 2020, and I think they 
definitively both should have remained hung up or Rogers should have hung it up at the, the end of this year. All right. All right. Hometown take time, brother. I know we're running long already. Um, so your chargers played on Monday night, hosted the Denver Broncos hosted, right? It was a home game for y'all. Right. Mm-hmm. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, actually and- had some fans there. It sounded like. Bro, the Chargers got a following now. Like, this is not the Rams where it's Levi South. Uh, and you'll see that in two Sundays. But that being said, tell me tell me what you took away from this game, and I'll give you my two cents about it, too. This, yeah, this was a hard game. Um, all right, so I'm, uh, I'm such a pessimistic person, but I'm going to try to look from um, a glass half full t- type of uh, uh, outlook here. All right, so. It was encouraging to see the Chargers win in a different way. Normally, uh, it's Herbert bailing out a shitty defense and special teams mishaps. And this time, to be honest with you, Herbert did not have a good game, in my opinion. Uh, he looked frazzled. Uh, I get it because they, they are decimated from with injuries on the offensive side of the ball. From a skill standpoint, no Keenan Allen, no Slater. They're Second running back, Joshua Kelly, was out. Corey Lindsley, all-pro center, was out. I mean, you can keep on going on and on and on. And they're they're limping on offense, and I get that. So all that being said, it was encouraging to see. When was the last time I ever said the Chargers defense and special teams won a game? Uh, it's been a minute. 2011? 2010, maybe? Uh, the lights out days? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And – it just was from that standpoint, it was good to see them win a different type of way as opposed to always a constant shootout like the game they had before against the Cleveland Browns, right? So uh, the defense was good. They they did a great job pressuring Russell Wilson, uh, a lot of sacks, which was fantastic. Crazy, though. Crazy. We're talking about the defense. They also – another positive I got from this is – it was also refreshing to see a defensive coach in Staley actually coach up his defense and make some finally some nice adjustments in the second half. Normally, what I've been talking about over the last couple of weeks with the Chargers is they go MIA in the second half. Uh, they don't score, they don't stop anyone, and they've been outscored by 56 points before uh, uh, this week. So it was good to see that they made some adjustments and they dialed up some exotic blitzes where Staley. He's not a blitzer, you know. He wants to have as many guys in coverage as much as possible, but he was bringing the house. It was safety blitzes, it was inside linebacker blitzes everywhere, perfectly timed, perfectly uh, called and played. And to the fact that the defense held the Broncos, listen to this. This is like a Madden stat to negative 13 passing yards after halftime, and that's including overtime, negative yard at passing yards. Russell Wilson was three for 11 for 15 yards after the first half. That's a 39.6 quarterback rating. So from that standpoint, it was good. It was good to see, oh, maybe the, you know, the defense show up. And I warned before, maybe it was going to take some time for all these new pieces to gel. So it was nice to see the defense show up and the special teams. You cannot talk about this game from a positive standpoint with the L.A. Chargers if you don't mention Hopkins and Jasir Taylor. Hopkins with a with a 
with a banged up hamstring to hit four field goals, including the game winning. If you watch the game and you saw every time he kicked the ball, he was, he looked like he got shot in the back of the head. He would just fall down. Uh, he was just, he was just dogging it out there uh, in the po- you know, from a positive standpoint, he just giving it all he got. And that's all you want to see. And, and it was effective. And Jazir Taylor, who flashed as a slot cornerback in training camp and preseason uh, really fast. And what a heads up play from a rookie to real, to know, to have that awareness. Hey, the gunner is in front of me. If I just chuck him into to the, uh, the punt returner, you know, I could cause some havoc. So awesome standpoint uh, and play and such a heads up intelligent play, which normally you do not put chargers, special teams and intelligent in the same sentence for the last, you know, 10 years. So fantastic from that standpoint. Let me, but can I, can I jump in real quick? That's all I got you? for the good though. <laughs> all right. Um, and maybe this is like leading into the bad, the, the question. So I'd actually, argue that I thought defensively they played well the entire game. I think second half, it just showed up a little bit better. I mean, Russell Wilson was 10 for, he had completed his first 10 passes. And <laughs> yeah, but, but I mean, like whatever they weren't like, yes, the Dulcich touchdown, like hurt for sure. The but that was a blown, that was a blown, that was a blown assignment, right? Yeah. Like when all said and done um, and those are going to happen from, from time to time. But, you know, I, I, I think they, they bottled them the way that they were hoping to, especially in a, in a divisional game. Um, the reality is, is like, I'm my question to you is how concerned are you with JC Jackson's play so far? Oh, don't steal my thunder. That's going to be the bed. Okay. So okay. let's go. I figured the that. question would stem yeah. into the bed. All right, so. so, so yeah, so there is a, I'm saying there is a brewing, a J.C. Jackson problem brewing. I'm not saying it's it's a problem yet. Yeah. Um, I do. I, I think there's two parties here to blame. First party, the coaching staff. J.C. Jackson is a press man cornerback. Why the hell do they have him playing off coverage so much? Why the hell do they have him playing zone so much? When he knows he got beat, it was cover three. Not saying I know you have to have the versatility, and he does have that versatility, but I really feel like they're not playing to his strengths. All that being said, it's hard for me to also defend JC Jackson's play. He seems to be lost in the scheme, doesn't know his assignments, doesn't know who who has uh, you know his back from a safety uh, standpoint. So, and it's also troubling the fact that after they benched him, they cl- the secondary clamped down. Jerry Judy and Sutton, who are pretty good receivers. So that is troubling. So how concerned am I from a zero to ten? I'm being realistic. I'm at a four. I'm at a four. This is just it's coming off injury, new schemes, what have you. If Staley is the guy, I don't know if he is, but if he is the guy from from a defensive mind schematic standpoint, hopefully they rectify this this issue because I feel like he's way too talented of a cornerback to keep on doing what he's doing. And the fact that you just see, he's just, it's just blown assignments. He's not yeah. knowing where his help is type stuff. Yeah. And th- I, I, I don't want to say my concern. My question is more. No, it is a Staley, Staley doesn't 
I think when you have a talent like that, you figure it out. But you mentioned how Staley's like not a blitzer, right? Like he wants to have a ton of people in coverage, but then why'd you go get this press man corner? You know what I mean? Like it's to, to take people away, let them do what my eyes tell me is that Asante Samuel Jr. is way further along in this Yo, defense than right, so JC Jackson. I was a little nervous about uh Asante. Uh he started he started off like gangbusters his first year and he kind of fizzled out towards the end of the second year. I mean the first year. But he's this this guy's a dog. Like he he oh, bro. dude, he so he, good. He, he suplexed Jerry Judy. He's he oh, if he could catch, he'd probably have six or seven interceptions right now by this day. Hey, by this point. That's why he plays defense, bro. Yeah, it's but, the old University of Miami recruiting trick. They just yeah. recruited a bunch of six five wide receivers, and if you couldn't catch the football, you went and played defensive back. That's <laughs> just the way that. Yeah, it goes. yeah. So yeah, Samuel's great, but you know they. I kudos to Staley though for realizing like, listen, this is a guy we paid a lot of money to. It's not working right now. I need to make a change if I want to win this game. That kind that takes kind of balls. Got to win the football game, dude. That's what yeah. it boils down to. Yeah, got to win the football game. Let me ask you another question. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not even a look. The, we 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 know the Broncos' offense is struggling mightily, but we know that defense is for real. Like that's a real. That, that's defense. a really that's, good defense. That's a very good defense, and like never has it been more obvious how much they miss Corey Lindsley other than Monday night, and it was bad. It was bad, and it exposed the rookie, right? Not, and I'm not blaming the rook. Like, you're going to have games like this, dude. Veterans Co- have games like Corey this. Li- Corey Lindsley, he's an all-pro for a reason. He affects so much. He takes so much off the plate from Justin Herbert from a protection uh, standpoint. He makes the calls. Everyone knows what their assignments are. Once you And he's pretty damn good and athletic. So once you take that away, and now you go up against a really talented and uh, – you know, a uh, brutal front, you know, front seven of the Denver Broncos. That's, that's going to cause some problems there. Yeah. Lou, who's the, who's the one that, that might've stood out to you the most on that, that front four. If I go back in time and say, you asked me very early in the off season, which DJ player Jones. I was going to miss the most, bro. He's, isn't he good? Like, is he not I, I, like, I did not, I did not have, I, I'm very, he was very good. He, was Bro, he plays he'll, and he'll play in in Denver. He never did with SF, with San Francisco's defense because we would have like packages, right? But like yeah. he'll play three downs for Denver. No, he and was, yeah, watch no. him get after the quarterback, and he no, will he was, disrupt in the backfield. He's a he, a very talented football player. He was disruptor. Now that we're talking on this side of the ball for the LA Chargers, yeah, I'm also the, the offense was pretty damn bad. I get it. You don't have Keenan Allen. Right, you don't have Rashawn Slater, even though Jamari Salyer has been holding his own, which is kind of crazy. You lose Lindsley. That's a lot of talent right there. Not to be, not to go up against such a talented Denver Broncos defense. So I get it, and you're going to have to make your play calling more vanilla because of that, right? But man. That I'm stuck. I haven't been like this, but up until recently, offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers, Joe Lombardi. He's getting boring. It's just basically, it's just like that one guy that just does the same play in Madden over and over again. It just sticks. It just sticks. I don't like the fact that they didn't get Mike Williams involved. I fully expect that to be rectified this week. 
And I get it, he was going up Patrick Sertain. But be creative with Mike Williams, right? I'm not sure if you watched the Cowboys-Eagles game. There was a play where A.J. Brown, where he scored his touchdown. They um, He was out on the boundary. They motioned him in uh, yeah, behind. They ran that play uh, multiple times. Yeah, so they motioned him in right behind the tackle, uh, snapped the ball, did a fake handoff to the running back, and then uh, A.J. Brown would just flare out into the flat and they would, you know, throw it to him, and it was wide open, and just went for the touchdown. Right? Why can't you? If you want to get Mike, if you're not comfortable throwing to Mike Williams because Patrick Sertain's on him, do things like that. That gets yeah. Patrick Sertain off of him. Call, I, I find, literally call him open, scheme him open. Come on, man. They really needed stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, so, they struggled. They struggled getting. I mean, like without Keenan, like he's your number one target, and they have no speed at the wide receiver to stretch the field. Yeah, Keenan Allen is such a menace because guess what? Those third downs, he's the one that gets that beats that man coverage, right? And yeah. he's commanding more than one defender. And when you command more than one defender with the intermediary routes, guess that's what's going to do. That's going to free up Mike Williams for those deep routes. That's yeah. why Mike Williams is not get is not getting open yeah i mean listen he's going from i i think we would both agree mike williams is not a number one right like he's yeah, a no. solid two um and when you got to be one that that and when you got to be one it also changes your alignment in the are you the x receiver are you the z receiver right flanker slot like you know whatever terminology you want to use but are like are you the x or the or the z right and yeah. when you got to be number one you tend to be the X and that's Keenan Allen spot, right? Like yeah. that's just the way it goes in these, in these West coast offense, you know, offensive schemes. But listen, at the end of the day, division win, division, division win. win. See, This game is a microcosm, microcosm, how I feel about the chargers. They're four and two division win. They're two and one in their division, right? They're tied for first within their division. So you should feel happy. They're doing all this without Slater, Allen, Bosa, Lindsley for a couple of games, JC Jackson for a couple of games. So if you told all me this, I, I should be ecstatic. But there's glaring needs. I mean, there's glaring issues with this team. And just hopefully that they get a little healthier, maybe they hit their stride. But going from, we're going to talk about this later, but looking at all the NFL teams out there, everyone, anyone can get beat. There's not a lot of teams that, that are like, oh, man, you know, they're scary type. There's two teams, in my opinion, that are like that. Right now, and any of the other twenty-nine teams or, or or thirty teams, I'll tell you right now, they're all they all can get beat. They're all beatable. Any given Sunday, bro. Yep. All right. All right. Let's go so, to Hotlanta. Yeah, 49ers versus Falcons. Um, I'll start with the bad. It's far more of it than the good. But here's the truth, Lou. And this is weird. Uh, we talked about what I went through on like Friday night, so I kind of subconsciously came into the game Sunday saying, I'm just going to sit and watch. I'm not going to be my normal, crazy, chaotic self because didn't know if my heart could actually handle it. So for me, the bad is like the obvious outcome. I would say this. This just, but I, I, I like, I knew this. Like we didn't make picks because uh, we didn't do the show. We made picks and we made picks on Sunday, but there were or like Sunday morning prior to the games, but like, legitimately there was a part of me that was just like Atlanta's going to win this football game. This just had trap game written all over it. The second game of a, an East coast stand, right. Where they haven't been back. 
You got a ton of injuries against a sub 500 opponent on the road. And you got Kansas city, LA Rams, LA chargers in that order, like on your schedule, you overlook it. You just overlook it. It happens to every NFL team, dude, you overlook. And the reality to me was like, it just, it just felt like one of those games. And I'll tell you like this, dude, they got Kansas city this Sunday. This Atlanta game was a more important W than the Kansas City game is because Kansas City game is a non-conference opponent, right? It doesn't factor into playoff seating and standings like an NFC opponent does. But we also had a ton of injuries. Like you're talking about injuries. Yeah, like your third Dude, your third of your team was out. Bro, I, just on the defensive side, you're talking about seven of 11 starters out. And that doesn't include Hufunga hitting the concussion protocol. That doesn't include Ibukam, who was like literally just like every other play was like a dead whistle because of him being injured and somehow like limped through the game and doesn't include Mooney Ward missing three quarters of this football game as well. Like just decimated on the defensive side of the ball. And those injuries, most importantly, up and down the defensive line, they just hurt the most. Like, Atlanta out physical the 49ers, which is what the 49ers try to do to everybody else. Yeah. But that normally does not play well when teams try to do that because they are rotating 10 defensive linemen. You're right. Now they're rotating five, right? Like it's it's just different. Like when you're asking Charles Omenawa and rookie Drake Jackson and Hassan Ridgeway, like when you're asking names like that to be every down players and they're not being subbed out with a Nick Bosa, they're not being subbed out with an Arik Armstead or Javon Kinlaw or whatever, like the like it's just you can impose your will when you have success. And the fatigue for me in this game of that defensive line was evident because even when the Niners would get pressure and make contact in the backfield with the running back, the running back would still fall forward for like those two or three yards. Like there was no negative stops. Like they just, again, I felt like I was watching the 49ers just with different logos on their helmet. Like what Mm -hmm. they like normally do in terms of like the running game. And we struggle with mobile quarterbacks and that's what Marcus Mariota was. And he played a very heady, smart game played within the offense and ran exactly what Arthur Smith wants to do. Right, exactly what he was doing he was the offensive play caller in Tennessee for that offense. Like they they executed um, to a T. So some other bad for me is around execution, and I'm actually going to elaborate on this a little bit more when I get into the, some of the good. But everybody wants to kill the offense, especially the play calling. But to me, this loss like literally came down to the players executing point blank. Period. Um. We had 50 yards rushing all game when I think about the offensive side of the ball, which is just very uncharacteristic of this team. I think execution and game flow had a lot to do with this. That was certainly is never the intention when you look at how 49ers win football games. But the biggest thing that stood out to me outside of like the loss and just how the loss kind of came to fruition is I'm just like completely perplexed on the urgency that this team showed in the fourth quarter, right? Like in theory, we actually held the Falcons to seven points in the second half and we had possessions, but for most of those possessions, we were down 14 and it just seemed like we were still taking 
38 out of 40 seconds on the play clock, right? Like no hurry up, no like four minute mentality. Like everything just like, there's, I don't know. The only other word I know to use is like, it just didn't seem like urgency to get the ball moving in the second half. And we're just eating up too much clock in between plays. It, I don't, it just kind of felt like lethargic. Like it just didn't feel, I don't know if they were just, Hey, let's just get out of this game with no more injuries. And speaking of no more injuries, you got McGlinchey, right? Who goes down during this game. So like you're already minus. You're How long is he out for? Um, they're calling him day to day, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he sat out this week against Kansas yeah. city. Um, but I, I, I honestly felt like from what, I saw, I think there was an unsaid hope that the 49ers could find a way to squeak this game out and know that reinforcements are coming, right? Like you're going to get healthier in the weeks to come. So if we can find a cheap W, like we're in a good position. That shit happens, man. Yeah, no, dude, it's the NFL. It's a war of attrition. The the good news is you still walk out of that week and you're still in first place in your division. (laughs) (laughs) Still At three and three, you're still in first place, right? Like you're still in first place based on, on your divisional record. I mentioned earlier about the execution. Lou, I'm going to come out and say this. I actually thought that Jimmy G played a really good football game. One of his better games as the 49ers quarterback. Like, So if you go look at the statistics, you're going to say two interceptions. I can tell you the one at the end of the first half, you don't even count that. Like You're throwing the ball up to try to make a play where it's inconsequential. Like unless that person returns it for a touchdown, it's literally inconsequential. You go to the half and you get the ball to start the half. So you're making a play totally fine with that. And the game, you know, it, it went through in the second half, went through a, a wide receiver's hands. And this has been something that's kind of plagued for a little while. Like I thought Kyle was in his bag from a play calling standpoint, took shots down the field, dude, in that third quarter, Bro, he had Ray Ray McLeod in stride deep down the field on a 40, 50 yard route right through Ray Ray's hands. And I know if you follow the Twitter world like I do, I know there will be certain people that want to tell you that like, oh, well, Ray Ray stumbled out and he was like flailing his arms. Whatever. That's on the receiver. That's not on the quarterback. Right. Like you like that ball hit his hands should have been caught. And I'm not saying he goes to the house, but I'm saying like, all right, now your first First and 10 inside their 20-yard line. Like, now you can get into your bag of tricks and start running the ball and doing those things again. Charlie Warner on another deep 30-yard ball down the middle of the field hits him dead in his fucking hands, and he drops it. That changes the plays that you're calling. They had one to Ayuk that was a deep shot down the field where Jimmy actually bought time and got outside and threw it back across across the field. Offensive holding. Like, Kyle was in his bag. Kyle called plays to execute. You want to know how I know Kyle was in his bag? Here we go. Eight catches for George Kittle. Eight for Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk scored twice, by the way, so that's always a positive. Seven for Debo. That's 23 receptions between your top three weapons on the offensive side of the ball. That's how you're supposed to distribute the rock, right? Like, that's how you're creative, especially in a scenario where you're not running the football well. I'm telling you, Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan, Gave their team every opportunity to win this football game, but it boiled down to execution. The other thing I'll say is actually the offensive line continues to keep Jimmy clean, even with the McGlinchey injury, even with a subpar center right now, you know, a second year left guard and a rookie right guard right now. Not the names that you want out there, but they're keeping him clean. 
But I I will boil it back to I'm not saying we lost the game because of those plays, but I'm saying the 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 play calling looked different in this game because three very specific plays change how you coach this game. And it changes how you do it, right? And all three of those, Lou, they happened in the second half, right? When when I'm talking about trying to mount that comeback, one of the things that I saw that I loved about this, dude, we went down 14 nothing early. And we made it a 14-14 game. I could sit here and say pre-2005, I don't remember a 49ers offense that was equipped to come back in the manner they did in that game. Like normally that a team like this, the way that they're built, you go down 10 points. It's like, this game's over. I got a, yeah. So it's interesting. So I saw a bunch of things on, you know, on Twitter where people were saying like Kyle Shanahan, if he's down four points in the second half, he never wins or something or something like that. Like it's a, it's an awful, it's a, I don't know the off the top of my head, what it was from a record. It's not good. It's not good. Standpoint. My question for you, cause I feel like, there's been a lot of chatter, a lot of frustration for multitude of reasons, right? Any chance if the Niners have a losing record, miss the playoffs, will Shanahan get Schottenheimered? And what I mean by that, a coach who kind of outwore his welcome, he was good. It wasn't from it wasn't because he was a bad coach. It's just because he's reached his ceiling, outwore his welcome, and is is. No, and they just want to go in another direction. Any chance he gets Schottenheimer this year? Yeah, yeah. Wow, you think NFL. so? Because it's the NFL, and this is a finicky business. Now, what I can say is, would it just would it be, be a Shannon hand alone, or would it be a package deal, him and Lynch? Um, I can't answer that. I don't know who's tighter with Jed, right? When all when push comes to shove, mm-hmm. listen. I mean, listen, they they've missed on some picks. They've hit some home runs on some picks and late round picks. Right. So when you think about that way, like the GM's doing their part, right, like finding new players and doing that, then it comes to the coaches to maximize it. I while I always think that's a shot because this is a complacent league. Right. Like and the 49ers expect championships. Right. Like that's that's just what they expect. I think that'd be the foolish move ever. I think. Too many people in this league are too short-sighted and forget what it was like to be led by Chip Kelly or Jim Tom Sula or um, Mike Singletary or Dennis Erickson or the, you want me to keep going, right? Like it's it's you See, forget what that's yeah. like. And, and honestly, that's what most teams are dealing with right yeah. now, right? Like are those short-term plug-and-replace coaches like it happens like – get all like the, you know what the big thing this week is dude and 49ers Twitter world. And it's driving me absolutely insane is don't at the Harbaugh. So on Sunday, we're actually commemorating the, ten, the Harbaugh era, right? The 2012 team. All fine. Like you're trying to find a reason to get hyped up for a big game. I get all that, but then now it's just breeding the comparisons between Shanahan and Harbaugh. Let me explain something to you. Harbaugh inher- inherited a stud team, stud team. Right. Yeah, they put some pieces in there for sure, but a stud team. Kyle Shanahan did not. I, I love Jim Harbaugh as much as anybody, but you want to talk about an act that wore thin. He's better suited for college football where he has change every two to three years in players because then new players will subscribe to his thing. 
He's not NFL longevity. Like he could never pull what Mike Tomlin or what his brother has done. They just think about things differently. Like what Kyle Shanahan is building or is a part of building is far more sustainable than what Jim Harbaugh was doing in the NFL. I think I do. I think there's a chance. Absolutely. I think there's a chance because it's a finicky business, but I think it would be a huge mistake to let Kyle Shanahan walk out that building. I don't think it's a chance this year because he still has in his back pocket. Let me see what I can do with Lance. And I think that will intrigue ownership and the, uh, the general manager. So I don't think this year, but next year we might be having this, we might have an anniversary of this conversation. I think sure. it's a higher, a higher likely if once again, you still see these lapses. Bro, uh, like the bro if you're not a perennial playoff contender, you're having, this conversation every year about your head coach. It's just yeah. it's the NFL, dude. Yeah. It's the NFL. You'll be having this conversation if the Chargers find a way to somehow not make the playoffs. This dude, you, you tell me you're not having the same conversation about Brandon Staley. Like you're having the same conversation. You know, so you, you know, you know, you, have, you know, so you have the, Justin Herbert. You know who's at the game on, on Saturday or on Monday? Who? You know who's in attendance in like Sean Payton? He lives in LA. He's chopping yeah. up the bits, and there's all these rumors. Listen, this. I don't believe it whatsoever. I don't think they'll go away from Staley. You sign um, up for that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, you'd sign up for that. The only thing I'd be nervous about uh, Sean Payton, he would want a lot of control. Right? Yep. Don't don't the Spanos don't like giving a control. He's not that great of a, a talent evaluator. Some of the players they drafted over the years were real reaches and never really turned out. Peyton Turner. Yep. Marcus Davenport. So, yeah, but he was pretty good with that 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 gentleman number nine under center, right? Like, what can he do with number seven yeah. under it's center? A shame what's what going on. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I keep, a, I keep I I'm going. I'm stealing your thunder, but just it's just a shame what's going on. How they're holding back Justin Herbert. It, the analogy that I you know I've seen made and it fits it well that they're driving a Ferrari but they're going to speed limit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why would you yeah. get a Ferrari and go yeah. 65 miles an hour? That's, what's the point of that? Don't want to chip the paint. <laughs> all right, let's get out of here. That's all I got to say about the 49ers. Okay. Um, all right, so, Luke, let's get into our I'm freaking out segment, if you will. I'll give you the honors. Who's freaking out this week? All right, so whenever I have a chance to throw salt in the wound, you know I'm going to get that salt. Like in Salt Bay and just go like that right there. If I'm the Denver Broncos fans and Denver Broncos uh, ownership, management, whatever you want to call, I'm freaking out. And the reason being, I've seen a lot of similarities between Donovan McNabb when he went to the Redskins and Russell Wilson as he went to the Broncos. Both were 34 years old when they switched teams from their long-term predecessor team, right? Donovan McNabb, with, uh, you want to look at his stats, his completion percentage was 58% with the Redskins. Guess what Russell Wilson's is at right now? 59. 58%. McNabb had 14 passing touchdowns back in 2010. Russell Wilson's on pace for 15. We added an extra game. Yeah. Their yards per attempt, both 7.2. Right? McNabb won five games with the Washington Redskins 
Wilson's on pace to win six games. There is a major difference, though. Wilson got paid. McNabb was one and done in Washington, then went to Minnesota, right? Yep. Wilson ain't going anywhere because next year it's a $131 million dead cap hit. You ain't doing that. You're praying to God he 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 finds the secret elixir and that danger witch or whatever the hell you want to call it and somehow can return to old fashioned old uh you know the old glory days. But I'm gonna tell you something. I don't think it's gonna happen. And I'm a little shocked by this. And it's not just from my eyes. My wife and I were watching the game together, and she goes, Damn, Russell Wilson looks pudgy. He really let himself go. It's just from a from a casual fan's you know eyes to notice that like he doesn't look like his old self, and now he's not playing like his old self. And you had me worried too, Weston, because I was totally prepared for him to go off in the second half. I don't think this is the Russell Wilson of old, man. I think this guy is very limited. Chink in the armor. What have I said about chinks in the armor along the way? I don't think it's just the injury. I don't think it's just the injury, though. Listen, nobody's here for the struggle bus like I am. Yeah, but if you're a Denver Bronco fan, how can you not? How can you not be infuriated right now? You missed out on Aaron Rodgers. It was complete. This is all speculation, but you hired Hackett to get Aaron Rodgers. That backfired. You, you had to settle for Russell Wilson, right? You still were still kind of pumped up because it wasn't Drew Locke. So you had to settle for Russell Wilson. He's coming in here. All these things that he's doing and saying, the promotions and, and what have you. Have to start pissing you off. The commercial, the danger witch. He said that he compared himself. He has Wolverine blood and he heals faster today. That's what he said. Dude, shut the hell up. Stop promoting yourself. Stop acting like you're such a a, a huge entity. You're two and four and you have five touchdowns, bro. All right? On the season. I'd be more mad. I, I, I wouldn't be so mad if i paid this guy a boatload of money and he fizzled out because like that's the way of the nfl i'd be even more mad about what i gave up to give him to pay him a boatload of money to set it back because it's now like all right maybe he needs more talent around him but i have no, no. chips to even put that talent around no, he him doesn't right now, do yes ta- no one of the things we said going into the season man broncos have some talent they, they had tim patrick i know he got hurt so he's not fair so yeah. i get that but they have sutton jerry judy uh, they had a, a dual running back uh, that were very productive and efficient. And their offensive line was was probably top top thirteen, top fifteen, right? Yeah, yeah. It's so just, it's going downhill fast because you lose Javante Williams, you lose Garrett Bowles, you lose right, right? Like it's just. But going he wasn't up. doing anything when they were there either. No, 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 start, no. I'm saying now, you're now it's just compiling. He's losing the locker room. You, you see, you know, Melvin Gordon. Has been frustrated with him in the last couple of weeks. Jerry Judy was seen on the sideline, you know, bitching and complaining about him and what have you. And you just see, it's not just from a physical uh, aspect, it's also from a mental aspect. There's plenty of times some of the guys are wide open right in front of him and, and he yep. looking right at them. What are you doing? Yeah. It, you got to just feel. I've, you have no draft picks, you have, you have no cap, 
and you're invested long term into this possible. You have no idea how badly I wish that this version of Russ was in Seattle <laughs> for the last few years. You have no idea. I'm gonna stay on the negative train with you, and I'm going. I'm going Packers fans. That was my so, other one. But I'm glad you took that from. Yeah, me. like this is uncharted territory for shareholders in Green Bay. So losing in London to a surging New York Giant team is is one thing, right? But letting the New York Jets roll into Lambeau and smack you around. And let's make no mistake, that's what they did, right? Like, they smacked Green Bay around. Let's not forget three weeks ago, they almost lost a Bailey Zappi-led New England Patriots team. 100%. In Lambeau. We talked about, yeah, and we talked about this earlier. Like, the writing was on the wall walking into this season. But for me, now the Packers are staring the truth dead in its eyes. Like, here's the reality. Aaron Rodgers, at this point in his career, may not be enough. Just may not be enough by himself. And we, myself included in this, thought this would be a cakewalk for the division as long as you had Aaron Rodgers. But something is clearly not working. Like, dude, you see it in Mike LaFleur on the sideline. No, Matt LaFleur, sorry. Mike is the OC with the Jets, so the brothers. So Matt LaFleur. Like, I I like Matt LaFleur. I've always thought highly of him. But one thing that I've noticed when I watch the games lately is he spends a lot of time on the sideline trying to pump up the crowd. Like, literally, like, like a player, like raising his arms, trying to get the sideline going. And it's one of those things where it's like, hey, if you're like, you know, when you're 13 and three, like they've been, Right. Like he he has already equaled the amount of losses that he's had in his worst season as the head coach of the Green Bay Packers. And we're six weeks in and they'll lose more games. This team's just not good enough, in my opinion, to go undefeated the remainder of the season. Like that's not happening. But when I see a head coach like focused on like those sort of things and those antics, to me, that just tells me there's something else wrong here. Right. Like like. Almost like he doesn't have the ability to motivate. He doesn't have the ability to do those things where they're not believing that we need the crowd. We need the crowd. Like, I don't know, man. It's just like things are broken in Green Bay. And if I'm a Packers fan, like they're not used to this, man. They're just not used to this at all. Like the division has been theirs for, I don't know. 30 years. Right? I mean, like between Favre and, and, and Rogers and, it's not, I mean, dude, Minnesota's got two games on them, plus they beat them head-to-head. Yeah. Like, that's tough to overcome. See, I think the issue is, um, first of all, I see no improvement from the off, from the offensive side of the ball whatsoever. I've stated before, freaking out, I think it was a couple, two, three weeks ago, you're freaking out about the Green Bay passing offense, and there's been no improvement whatsoever. But. I think they thought there was going to be an issue with the passing game, and they figured in their head, hey, let's use the running game, right? We'll use the running game. Hasn't been as effective. I felt like they wanted to be almost steal a page of the book of the San Francisco 49ers. Good running game, good defense. Problem is, even though they invested so much into defense uh, with draft picks, acquisitions, resign their own talent, that defense has seriously regressed this season. And once again, the Green Bay Packers defense is soft. You can run on them. You can throw on them now. 
there, there is an issue with that defense, even though there's so much talent on there. And I think that's what they were kind of relying on that and Aaron Rodgers antics and the, and, uh, and the rushing game. And, and nothing is working at all in Green Bay. No. Um, two consecutive losses. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two and should have potentially been three consecutive losses, right? Like they've no, yeah. uh, they're sliding in the wrong direction. All right. You got another one that you're freaking out about? Yeah. And this is going to pay me to do it because uh, I'm going to talk about a positive one. It'll be. The Philadelphia Eagles it was a great <laughs> win against the Dallas, a tough Dallas Cowboys team. It was good to see what their offense can go up against such a great defense in the Dallas Cowboys held their own offensive line held up. Uh, they're still undefeated. They're in their bye week. I'm pretty sure they probably wouldn't want to be on a bye, uh, being that they are, you know, hitting all strides right now and all cylinders, but for me, I alluded to before in the show that there's only two teams, in my opinion, like, oh, they're scary. It's the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia oh, Eagles. Yeah. Eagles, if you look at their team, what they can do, what we – the old adage, you got to play defense and, you know, run the ball in playoff time because the weather could be bad. So you need to win different ways outside just passing the ball all the time. Guess what? They have a great offensive line. They have a rushing attack that they can use Hurts and now Miles Sanders and right – and they also can, he can air that hoe out. They have Goddard, they have AJ Brown, they have Devonta Smith, so they can win a shootout too. They're going to go as far as Jalen Hurts can bring them. But now, if you flip side, look at the defense. They're a very physical defense, a stout front four, right? They added to their linebacker uh, core with Kaiser White, who you know he's a fan of the show. You know, I mean, I mean, we're the fan of. I didn't mean that. We're a fan of him. We love Kaiser on the show. Yeah, and they added to their secondary. Uh, with James Bradbury. It's hard to find a weakness on this Philadelphia Eagles team. And once again, they're in the NFC, so it's not like they will have to worry about getting beaten up with with a tremendous amount of like tough games and, uh, and things of that nature. So you got the arrows are pointing way up in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, they're just finding different ways to win games. And I think that when, when you, when the offense of stability matches the defensive stability, that just makes for a tough out, I, right? I when all said only, and done. Yeah. The only weakness I can name is possible the quarterback, but he's been playing really well. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, I was almost hoping, and and that's like a lose lose for me, like rooting for the Cowboys or the Eagles. But like sometimes you want these teams like pop back into reality, right? Um, but Eagles look like they're 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 tough sledding man, and things look like they're clicking for Hertz, and that's yeah. that's scary. Um, I'll I'll do one positive, and let's 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 mosey on along. Mm -hmm. I'll just say New York football fans in general right yeah. now. Pick your poison: Bills, Giants, Jets all sitting pretty through the first six weeks of the season. And Lou, honestly, I just can't remember a time when all three were playing this well at the same time. So if you are a New York football fan, regardless of what your team is, 
Uh, at least here in the short term, you are very much looking forward to Sundays. And I'm sure the Buffalo Bills fans are very much looking forward to this Sunday where they get a, a nice rest. Uh, don't have to stress out about any games, get that week off, get a little bit healthier. And then, you know, mosey into the, you know, the, the, what, it, what we call it now, the, the third of the season, right? The yeah. second third of the season. Yeah. No. And also if you, uh, for me, it's, if you're a Giants or Jeff fans, you have to love the fact that they're constantly underdogs and they're ca- constantly, you know, showing a way to be scrappy and winning. So is that fucking do a game as a fan? You're like, we're going to lose. And then you win, right? Yeah. Like you go in, like lowering your expectations, and then you win. Like what? What? Like what? Better I know that, jubilation yeah. than that? I know that all too well. Yeah. All, all right, right, Weston. What are you watching for this weekend? It's funny that we should talk about them. They're going to be the theme of this, but I, dude, I'm I'm locked in on this Jets Broncos game. I know it's going to sound. Said funny. no one ever. <laughs> Said no one ever, especially like because it's at the same time that my team plays. So obviously I'm locked into the 49ers Chiefs game, but I'm locked into this because I'm just kind of relishing in and looking forward to watching Russ cook. That's like literally what it boils down to. And we, we spent a great deal of the beginning of the show talking about the Giants and the Jets. And this is another one where like I know the Denver Broncos on paper don't feel like this great team, but I know the task that they pose to opposing teams is that defense is going to show up. And I know that defense takes great pride is going to play. And we talked about how like do the Jets have the weapon? Do they have the guy under center, et cetera? Like I think this is going to be a good challenge for for him. And just like think of like how New York Jet fans would feel if they won consecutively against Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, right? That's just like, we talk about just building belief and building good, good vibes in a, in a clubhouse or, you know, in Florham park. Like, I don't know. There's just something about this game that entices me. Extremely doable. Broncos are coming off a short week, banged up Russell Wilson. Jets defense is, not only are they stout against the run, they only allow 3.9 yards per carry, but they also are pretty damn good against the pass as, you know, they rank 12th in passing yards allowed. And they've also taken away uh, their tie for fourth in interceptions. So Robert Sala has that defense really playing. And this is – Hold on a second here. Uh, You're pulling out these stats like this was going to be a game that you were watching. No. I <laughs> But I, I'm you know I follow good football and that defense is really this is not what Russell Wilson cooked up. I mean like yeah. this is this is a bad time to be playing the Jets if you're the Broncos. I, I agree. All right, what are you watching? I'm not going to say the rematch of Super Bowl 54, the Chiefs Niners. That's obviously I personally think because you guys are getting a boatload of guys back from injury. I think Trent Williams, Nick Bosa, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, so I'm not going to go down that road. That's low hanging fruit. But I want to see the return of Dak and Tua. You know, here they yeah. are, Tua. I want to see can he regain some of that magic that he that he had during the first three games of the uh, Miami Dolphins because they were three and zero, and you know, they were a serious threat to the Buffalo Bills, obviously because of the injuries. And to Tua, they've lost the last couple of games. Now they're back to a little close to the pack. Want to see if Tua can rekindle that magic, and also for Dak, you know, can he provide um, 
some spark to that offense because the defense phenomenal. They, they don't need much, you know, f- from the offense. And that's why they were able to win with Cooper Rush. But I think they need a little more, and hopefully Dak can bring that to them. So I want to see how they play in the, uh, this week. Yeah. I think the I agree. I think the final one for me though is the Giants at Jags. I, this feels like a New York based show um, right now, but it's so I we 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 talked earlier in the season about how the Jags are like, hey, maybe they're not the Jags, right? And I know they've hit a little bit of a, a rough patch over the last two weeks or so, but I think the Jags are a tougher opposition than the, the record might say or than what we might give them credit for. But I think the most thing that I'm looking for when I think of calling out the Jets game and calling out this Giants game is which team is going to start the slide for the other team, right? Because I do think there is a consecutive loss streak ahead of the Giants. I think there's a consecutive loss streak ahead of the Jets, um, but I just don't know what team is going to cause that. And I think that's why I'm kind of watching with a keen eye both of these teams this week. All right. All right. You want to get into the schedule? We're getting a little long here. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's see if we can bang this out real quick. All right, cool. So real quick, because we didn't come back last week and recap. So in week five, both you and I were nine and seven. Last week for week six, we were both seven and seven. It's a poor week. Uh, overall, Lou, I am 51 and 43. You are 54 and 40. Okay. So you have three games on me still. All right. And it's funny, though, because, like, we're trying to make these – we're trying to, like – I'm trying to close the gap and picking some different games, and then yet you somehow, like, pick one I- random, like, different game that keeps the gap. <laughs> going um we're all lose so um let's go ahead jump into the schedule beginning with tomorrow evening you have the washington commanders at the chicago bears no we had that last no that was last week that was last week sorry i think you got um we got new orleans at arizona new orleans is really banged up man uh they really are and i think new orleans at arizona they have to travel to arizona in a short week Give me Arizona. Yeah, I'm getting the I'm giving the cards just because like D Hop's coming, like good vibes all around. He's healthy, he's fresh. Uh, Marquise Brown out, so D Hop's D Hop's. I I think he's gonna see a lot of targets, <laughs> whether he's in game shape or not. He's gonna see a lot of targets. I'm taking oh, the yeah. Cardinals too. Um, all right, Atlanta at Cincinnati. Give me Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm Cincy on this one too. Um, it's hard to see Atlanta just kind of string together two mm-hmm. consecutive weeks like that. Um, all right, Lions at Cowboys. You gotta give me the Cowboys. I'm the boys too, although I reluctantly do that because I feel like I don't know. Part of me just thinks like Dak coming back is gonna make this ship crumble again. Yeah, but uh, they weren't getting much production from the offense. He just yes no. He just doesn't have to totally implode, and I don't think he's going to totally implode. Don't, and also, All right. the, the Lions' defense is awful. This is yeah. a good game for Dak to come back to. All right. Colts at Titans. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say okay. the Titans, and I'm going to say that only because they're coming off the bye week, so they're they're rested. They've had an extra couple of days to 
prep for this game. I want to say the Colts just because the Colts have been they have been finding ways to win over the last two weeks when all seem lost. But I'm going to say the Titans. It's hard to confidently say the Colts are going to win the game if you actually watch the game. Matt Ryan looks he looks awful. Yeah, so I'm going Titans too. All right. Next game is the Packers at the Washington Commanders. I'm going to say Packers get their cheese heads out of their ass and they win. Yeah, I don't like you can't lose this game. I don't even know if Wentz is Ty- playing. No, he's not. It's Tyler. It's Henneke. Yeah, it's Henneke. Yeah, yeah. And, that, right. and that's the problem because it should be the kid from North Carolina. I forget his name. The rookie quarterback. Yeah. He showed. He Sam showed Howell. Some, yeah, he showed some flashes. Should be. He should be starting. But All right. Tampa Bay at Carolina. Give me Tampa. They're broken too, by the way. Like they. Yeah, but not. Nice. I mean, no, Carolina's okay. broken. PJ yeah, Walker yeah. starting. Bro, they hung with the Rams, man. They hung. In LA. I'm still taking Tampa. All right. New York football giants at the Jacksonville Jaguars. All right. So I'm going to, to spice things up. I'm, I, I, I'm going Jacksonville. I am okay. going Jacksonville here right. uh, for a multitude of reasons. Giants defense, they don't generate turnovers. So when you look at their defense, uh, so I think that's going to help Jacksonville and they're not really good against the run. They have the fat, third most rushing yards the season, and you got two Russian running backs out there in Jacksonville. I think uh, that they're going to lean on uh, and run down their throat. So, yeah, I, dude, I so badly want to just take this game to just have an opposite game from you, but you're going Jacksonville. I'm going Jacksonville. Wow, I, I thought I was the one being different here. No, no, I don't. I but I I actually agree with your logic, and I just agree with like what I was saying before and yeah, why I'm really tuned into these different. games because I think. I think this is the the slide game, right? Like, I think this is where it begins. Like, five and one's nice, man. But, like, it's really hard for me to look at the Giants and say that they're a six and one ball club, you mm-hmm. know? That's what it comes down to. So, I'm taking the Jags as well. Um, I was really hoping you were going G-Men. And then I wanted – now I want to take the G-Men just to have that opposite game. But I was sliding in Jacksonville. All right, Cleveland at Baltimore. Gotta go Baltimore. Cleveland's they, – they are – they are spiraling. Yeah. Um, Ravens here as well. The Jets, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets at the Denver Broncos. What would make you say the Broncos? Like, I just don't understand it. For me, believe it or not, it's the Jets. I think you can run against the Broncos defense. And you're saying, oh, they didn't allow the Chargers to run. But they also, the Chargers are starting. There was like three backups. And the whole offensive line was a mess. Jets have that power running game. I'm going Jets. I told you why the defense. So I'm going Bronc. Yeah, I'm going Broncos. Um, And this just. This is twofold. This is I need to have one game opposite of you. Got to make up (laughs) some. And the the other component of this is like I've watched Russell Wilson play football for a really long time. And he's not one of those guys like Usually when he manifests things, they somehow find this way to come to fruition. Yeah, but you're talking about the big bad boogeyman, and I don't think he is it anymore. I don't think he is either. But I also think, like, bro, I'm I'm telling you right now, Nathaniel Hackett is on the hot seat, right? He might be a one and done on how this season goes. I feel like 
this is the game that they see on the schedule. Like, gotta win this because if they can't win this one, I don't know which ones they can win for the remainder of the season. Candidly, okay. so this is this is a must-win football game for the Broncos. And in must-win football games, I tend to err on the side of Russell Wilson some way, okay. somehow. Um, Houston Texans at the Las Vegas Raiders. I'm going to say – I want to say the Raiders here. It's a home game. Yeah. Um, both are coming off a bye, so that doesn't mean anything. I just think they're more desperate and more talent. So, I, I, I'm just – going with the home team <laughs> and I do think the home team's more talented, but I'll take the the three points for the home team and say that the Raiders win it. Mm-hmm. Um, Seattle at your chargers. I think it's going to be closer than I'm going to say the chargers. And I think it's going to be closer because Seattle's that physical pounding team, a la kind of like the Cleveland Browns. So that obviously gives the chargers some fits, but I want to think that the chargers have a, a little more talent, uh, and can pull it out. It's at home. So, you know, if it was at Seattle, all bets off. I'm going Chargers. Um, I'm going Chargers too, but I, I agree with your sentiment. I think this game is going to be close. If um, Keenan and- Allen plays, I, I feel a little more comfortable about picking the Chargers. I don't know if he will. but I just, I just – Seattle's defense is not going to just – take away the weapons right like they're good they're competent they're young they're they're better than most people probably would think yeah um so i just don't see la's offense struggling as much as they did last week i think they'll get back to the running game yeah they have to um but speaking of running game seattle is going to impose their will in the running game for sure Mm -hmm. right so chargers need to be able to stop the run telling this kid kenneth walker is the truth yeah um but i'm taking the chargers Mm -hmm. all right Rematch of Super uh, the 2019-2020 Super Bowl. Um, Kansas City Chiefs at the San Francisco 49ers. I'll pick it first. Uh, th- this is still the Chiefs. Uh, the 49ers, I don't care what they're getting back. Like They still got some things they need to piece together, and they're not getting enough back. Um, listen, if Trent and Bosa play because they're healthy and not because they forced it, that helps a lot. Right. I need to see Mooney Ward out there. I need the revenge game from Mooney. Like I need him to be out there. Uh, but this this is still the Chiefs. This all you have to do is go to Google, type in what is Andy Reid's record after a loss? And that will give you an easy yeah. Yeah. an easy answer in the Chiefs win. Yeah. Um I'm not delusional, right? Like I'm not delusional. That's why I said like this was marked an L. When all was healthy, like during this season, yeah, but are you really? But are the Chiefs really the Chiefs? No, like, no, they're, they're still good, but they're not invincible. They're not invincible, but we have a lot of chinks in the armor, right? Like to, to beat teams like this, you need things. You need chips they're stacked in too, your favor. Yeah, Chiefs. there's no there's no chips stacked in our favor right now. You know, this is why I said the Atlanta game was more important than this game. You win the Atlanta game, you can lose this game. Right. And and you're not given ground. Now this game feels like you gotta you gotta win it, right? Because now you don't want to drop to under five hundred and you don't want to give up that first place in the division. You know what I want to see from this game, Lou? Is I just want to see that my team, even though they are jaded and hurt and we're shuffling, if you will, can they still be competitive against a top tier team? I that, definitely think they can. I and definitely. that's all I want to see. If they if they show me that, listen. I was at this point last year with the 49ers. They were three and five, and we were fucking mailing it in, right? And they went into the playoffs the 
hottest and best team in football, right? Yeah. Like, so it, it's doable, uh, but like you need to show some things, right? Yeah. Like, so I need a competitive game. All right, Monday, uh, Sunday night, Pittsburgh at Miami. I'm going. I'm going. Uh, going to my. I'm going Miami. I just. Uh, I just feel like uncertainties on that offense with Pittsburgh. Who's going to be quarterback? Is that enough against a, an aggressive defense for Miami? Um, Miami has Tua coming back. The playmakers they have. Just think it's a lot to overcome for the Steelers. Yeah, I, I mean, I, 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 dude, I want to take Pittsburgh because I just want to take opposite teams from you. But I think like they pulled off the the miracle last week, beating Tampa Bay in a game that they probably had no business winning, but they mm-hmm. found a way. Um, but Sunday night in Miami, Tua back, like just too many like non football related things align for the Dolphins in this. So I, I, I feel like I feel like the Steelers will match up more with better with teams that are more. Um, physical, kind of like they can win like a like a, a dog fight. Yeah, I don't think they can't. I don't think they can win a, tra- a track meet. No, this is and this is that's exactly what this is going to be. Yeah. Um, all right, Monday night, the Chicago. This is the like the worst Monday night football game. Chicago Bears at the New England Patriots. Oh, I'm sorry, I was I was, I was sleeping there. What happened? Yeah, Patriots. Um, that's yeah, all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah Patriots. All right, so I give myself one shot to make up a game on you. I tried, man. I, tried. I know. Listen, you you did, and um, I have my opportunities. It is what it is. All right, so again, you're three games up. I'm three back. It's we all pick, that Jets we Broncos, pick again. Man. Yeah, Jets Broncos, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go, <laughs> Mister 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 Unlimited, Mister <laughs> Unlimited. Let's let me see that Wolverine blood. That's what I want to say. All right. Um, did you prepare any fantasy? I do. I do. Did All you? Right. Uh, I, I, I'm not super in depth with it, but I'm. I got your names out there. First, you know, I love taking. I, I love taking victory laps. It might not look at because of my size, but I can run a victory lap better than anyone. Um, last time we recorded, I said I mentioned a couple of players, Alec Pierce, and David Njoku, both went off, uh, you know, that week. So pat myself on the back right there. But let's start. I off. played Pierce last week and he got into the end zone, so we're right? all good. Plenty of targets, man. Too it was yeah. not efficient, but still. All right, so. I'm going to talk to you about a player you need to pick pick up now and stash. Running back from the L.A. Rams, Kyron Williams. Cam Akers is out. Henderson is not really being effective, and he's prone to injuries. Williams is the next man up, and the, according to the Athletics, Jordan Rodriguez, he expects Williams to have a big role when he comes off the IR. Pick and stash Kyron Williams up. All right. You like that, right? I do. I mean, listen, I'll... you've been going into the bag over the last few weeks. Um, and, yeah, I haven't won a game in our league. <laughs> you said it. I didn't have to say it. Um, I started well. Things are not going well. Um, right. So this is not much of a right. – this is just more matter of fact. If you are a Kenneth Walker owner – you will play him every week, <laughs> every week. Like there's no longer a hesitation. This guy has proven he's the guy. 
It's proven that all it took was this nick up of Rashad Penny and he'd get in and he'll make the most out of his opportunities. And what he does really well for a quarterback like Geno is he can, st- he can catch the ball out of the backfield. So he can find himself in three downs. Kenneth Walker owners. Uh, I know you've seen it last week. I'm telling you that you're going to see many more of those weeks to come. He should be in your starting lineup for the remainder of season, barring injury and bye week. He should be in there. All right. All right. So I got a pair of wide receivers uh, that you should uh, start. One, if you're kind of desperate, but the first one, Alan Lazard, he's going up against the commanders who actually give up the fourth most points on boundary wide receivers. So I know we're you know ranking up. We were pretty much shitting all over the Packers and their offense, but I think they, they have a bounce back this week against that commander's defense. And how about Wandell Robinson? He had three catches on four targets for 37 yards and a touchdown. He only played 27% of the snaps. They wanted yeah. to ease him into the game, right? So I feel like those numbers will go uh will will uh will go up. All right. I'm gonna take some super lay ho- low hanging fruit here. But then I, I will You can totally tell you did not prepare. <laughs> no, I did, I did, I did, I did. Uh, but not greatly. Um the time that fantasy owners are waiting for is now. And DeAndre Hopkins is back on Thursday night. He is well-rested. This is arguably the best wide receiver in football when he is on the field. No Marquise Brown. It's 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 D-hop season. Like, he couldn't be walking back into a better scenario if you are a fantasy owner of the No Marshawn Lattimore, by the way. So, he's yeah. not playing. That, so there you go. D hop is the guy. Do you mind if I just immediately get into my, my final? I have one more, but yes, go ahead. All right. So something on the flip side that I would actually sit Jacoby Myers this week. Mm-hmm. Now I have no choice in the one league that I own him. I have to start him. That's just the way my roster works out this week. But the share of targets under Bailey Zappi is drastically different than it is under Mac Jones. And to me, just this week, the game against Chicago on a Monday night, it's going to feel ugly. It's not going to be this great primetime game is going to be a lot of teams just trying to run the ball down. uh, You know, two teams just trying to run the ball down each other's throat. So if you are in position to sit, Jacoby Myers, this is the week that I think you want to find him on your bench. Otherwise, I mean, his production is just super consistent, even when he doesn't find the end zone. Uh, but it just looks different under Bailey Zappi. All right. I got one last one in. You see this? Tell the, tell the listeners what this is. It's a bag that you're crumpling. I'm going in my bag, <laughs> and I'm getting a kicker. What? Daniel Carlson. Oh, yeah. Las Vegas Raiders kicker. He has scored double-digit points every week minus week one where he had nine points, right? It's coming off a bye. If he's available right now, go get him. You do like Lloyd Christmas and pick him up. And the fact is, you pick him up, and guess what? It's set and forget it. His bye is already done. And I already see it in your eyes. You're looking for that 
greasy hair son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just just floating, just seeing who's around. Who's I got not. him in I got him in our league. All right, so that's the first one that I went into, by the <laughs> way, as well. Uh, there he is. There he is. Bangarang is owning him for sure. Um, perfect. The the other one thing that I would say is like, is Zeke Elliott having a little bit of a resurgence? Is that happening? He's no longer top, like a top. I think he's more, uh, less is more with him. I I like the timeshare. I I do too. I actually was talking to a Cowboys fan. That's a friend of mine. I go, if the Cowboys want to have any success this year, they're really going to have to mimic the Green Bay Packers offense with that dual threat. Yep. Uh, Excuse me, running backs. And they have been doing that, you know, uh, they're using, they're inverting them, meaning they're using Zeke as Dylan, but he gets more touches. And then they're using Pollard as Aaron Jones type because they, you got to get your best players on the field and you can't tell me Pollard and Zeke after losing Amari Cooper, not one of the best players. So I feel like how they're using them makes them both valuable from a fancy standpoint and also from a reality aspect as well. Yeah, I agree, and I just think this Zeke has a favorable matchup against the aforementioned Detroit Lion defense yeah. this week. I mean, he played really well against a tough Eagles defense. We were just touting them, and he had a good game. All right, so there you have it, some some fantasy advice. So, Lou, that wraps up the Week 6 recap. Um, we'll be back in short order. Obviously, Week 7 kicks off t- tomorrow evening, as you always do. Let everybody know where they can find us. At WTF Pod NFL. Oh yeah, at W. Sorry, it's it's almost one in the morning, guys. No. At WTF Pod NFL on Instagram and Twitter, and Weston, tell them about YouTube. We're talking football. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, help us out. Um, if it wasn't one o'clock in the morning, I go on a long-winded rant about how we need you all to do more. Is what it boils down to. But Lou, always a pleasure knocking off the rust after a week off, and we'll wrap about it next week, sir. All right. Thank you.